the Rangers wasted an absolute gem from Jordan Montgomery, lost in 11 innings, and it feels like everything is spiraling downward for the Texas Rangers. Talk about all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Tuesday, August 22nd. Your Rangers are 72 and 53, alone in first place atop the AL West with just a game and a half lead over those stupid, stinking Houston Astros. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment any single thing below. Nearly any single thing below. What am I? What am I talking about? This this losing streak has got me all in a funk. The Rangers have lost five straight, and it feels like everything is going wrong. Before before we get into why that is, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB, enter promo code LockedOnMLB for a free white tech hat like this with any order. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off, we promise you. Now, I want to start this last night's game with, with the good things, because there, there weren't all that many good things, and I want to you know start on a happier note before we get into... The oh no, everything sucks and I hate life and uh, everything has gone wrong and, and nothing will ever go right yet again because there were some positive things from last night. And, and it has to start off with Jordan Montgomery. Eight shutout innings, looked absolutely dominant, going for what would have been his second career complete game shutout. He only threw 92 pitches in this one, which kind of feels like the, the standard for Jordan Montgomery. He's only thrown 100 pitches in a game three times this year. He's only done that once since April, so... It feels like that's kind of the move with Jordan Montgomery. He's not going to be able to go a whole bunch of pitches, and that's kind of what kept has kept him healthy and fresh and, and all that good stuff. But he was really, really good in this one. Six strikeouts for him, just one walk, four hits, and a lot of ground into double plays. The Rangers turned three double plays, all of them Sim- Seager to Simeon to Nathaniel Lowe. All of them were eh, pretty pretty well-struck balls, but I mean, for the most part, there was not a whole lot of traffic on the base paths either way. The Rangers, nobody scored in this one until the Rangers got a solo home run from Adolis Garcia, tying his career high with 31, and it was an absolute mammoth shot in the seventh inning. Adolis had looked pretty overmatched in his last few at-bats, got the day off on Sunday, and then comes in this one and, and strikes out three times, and one of them was in the, the final inning, which I'll, I'll get into the, the umpiring nonsense that put Adolis in an 0-2 hole before he could even blink um, with some really terrible umpiring, but he got all of this one. He was pretty overmatched early on with some fastballs, which felt not like Adolis Garcia. He's not a guy who gets overmatched with fastballs, but he got a hold of one, and he sent it a country mile. Absolutely destroyed that baseball for the furthest hit ball of the night. 425 feet. He had the hardest hit ball of the night, a 109.3 mile an hour liner. This home run was 107 miles an hour off the bat. So he was he was really, really looking like his old self, which the Rangers desperately need. They need their entire top four to go because it feels like five through nine at the moment are not coming up with a whole bunch of big moments. We've seen a little bit more from Ezekiel Duran as of late. Didn't have the best game, had a, a fine game. But we did see the number nine hole hitter, Leo Tavares, had a fantastic game. It's been a long time, and it was 
well overdue for Leoti. He just needed it in a big, big way. An 11-pitch double to start out this game, his first at-bat, and it was absolutely scorched. It was just destroyed. He's been hitting some balls pretty hard lately, 106.9 miles an hour off the bat, a 570 expected average, batting average, not a cheapie by any means. Then Marcus Simeon comes up with single, gets Leoti to sec to third base. It was just a ground ball to the shortstop that was um, a little hard to handle, and Leody could, took his time just a little bit, making sure that the ball had to get through. Otherwise, maybe he could have scored, and maybe that would have been the Rangers' first run. Then Adoles gets a homer later, and that's the second. But the Rangers just did not do a good job of executing on little things. I think that was actually the right move by Leody to be um, a little extra cautious. There was a time earlier in the season where he was a little overeager on a ball hit to the left side of the infield, and he got thrown out at third base while he was on second base and just not a great play, but he hasn't made a whole lot of base running mistakes like that. He even had some other really great base running um, moves today um, and, or last night, I should say he worked a walk late on this game and forced a throw that was just completely wild, absolutely buck wild of a throw. And he didn't just get to second base on that wild pitch. He got to third base. He was motoring there. I mean, it was a very overthrown ball. You don't see that whole lot on a wild pitch on a pickoff attempt that the runner gets all the way to third base. Leody was gunning for it. He's using his speed. He's got valuable tools. He also made a couple of really great plays in the outfield on balls that looked like they were surefire doubles hitting to the gap, but Leody Tavares just got on his horse, made great reads, and caught them in stride because that's what Leody Tavares does. He does bring a lot to this team, and if the Rangers can get his bat hot ahead of Marcus Simeon, who's been fairly hot, he had a multi-hit game in this one. Really solid stuff for him, including... Um, uh, did have a strikeout in a, a clutch moment where uh, where Leody did get to third base with less than two outs and a runner on third base and could not get him home and got rung up on a third strike looking that was probably below the zone. But again, this umpire was just wild. But if the Rangers can get Leody Tavares going, I mean, it just feels like they need something in this lineup. It's just it was such a rough game. And, and yet again, a rough game against a bullpen day. I mean, I don't know what it is with this team and bullpen days, but it feels like they have not won a single game against a bullpen day for the opposing team. It just all year, they just cannot hit against bullpen days. And it just, it felt like one of those days, you know, that going in, you're like, okay, this is, this has just been one of those days where everything goes wrong for the Rangers. And it, it kind of felt like it was, I mean, there was not a whole lot that went right outside of Leody, outside of Montgomery and Simeon having a good day. I mean, even Corey Seager, who had a chance with a runner on third base with less than two outs to get the run home. I believe he had succeeded in, I think, seven of ten of those chances early on in the season. He just strikes out and looked kind of hapless while doing it. There were some fastballs right down the middle that he just did not get. I mean, that, that is not Corey Seager. He did end up coming up with an intentional walk because, you know, the Diamondbacks are rightfully terrified, even though he didn't have the best at-bats day, and he stole second base in the top of the 11th inning, even though there wasn't probably going to be a throw. It, it didn't matter, but he got himself into scoring position to where Nathaniel Lowe, when he dropped that two RBI double in the 11th inning, it got two runs home, whereas if Corey Seager was on first base, there's no way that he would have scored there, and it would have been nice for Rolls Garcia to not be rung up on, um, you know, or given strike two on one of the worst pitches I've seen all season, so that he could have maybe come up clutch and give the Rangers another run. But it just felt like it was inevitable that the Rangers were going to lose this game. 
especially when Bruce Bochy made the decision to take Jordan Montgomery out despite having eight shutout innings. We're going to talk about why maybe that was the right decision, maybe it was the wrong decision, and it, it start, it's time to start questioning Bruce Bochy and his decision-making. But first, let's read from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are the most comfortable, most stylish pants and shorts you will ever wear. Bird Dogs make you look good, and their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg to give you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all summer long, even when it's, you know, 95 degrees or whatever it is when it's 11 a.m. as I'm recording this. I'm wearing my Bird Dogs and I'm feeling super cool, super comfortable. So go to birddogs.com slash MLB and enter promo code MLB for a free white tech hat with your order if you're watching on YouTube. That's, that's I think, this tech hat. It looks very comfortable and it, it, is, it is very comfortable and very stylish as well. So go to birddogs.com slash MLB or promo code MLB for a free white tech hat. You won't want to miss your Bird Dog. Take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Raiders your first listen every single day on a Wednesday show. I'll be joining Miller Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks to do a crossover talking about what has felt like a truly terrible series so far. The Rangers take on the Diamondbacks tonight. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, Bruce Bochy made a couple of decisions in this one that just felt extremely questionable. Taking out Jordan Montgomery through eight innings of a looking for a complete game shutout with a one-run lead. I, I get putting Aroldis Chapman in there. He'd only pitched, you know, one day, one game in the last, I think, seven days. And he's your best reliever right now and for this whole season. And he had been very consistent, only blown one game. Granted, that was a must-win game. We gave up a massive three-run tater to the Astros in Houston in a game where the Rangers lost a one-run game. And it was just like this one where he gave up only the second home run he's given up all season. He's given up two home runs all year, and both of them have been with Rangers. And both of them have been in massive spots to tie the game or give the opposing team the lead in two games that the Rangers absolutely needed to have. And of course, this one came on a freaking splitter. But why did Bruce Bochy pull Jordan Montgomery? Well, I talked about how he'd only thrown 100 pitches three times this season. And to be honest, Montgomery, it felt like he was kind of getting a little bit lucky. He had 11 hard hit balls against him in the first in his eight innings of work. And six of those were over 100 miles an hour off the bat. They were getting hard contact off him. And honestly, his velocity was down. His fastball velocity was down a mile an hour on average. Um, he's averaging 92.3 miles an hour on a sinker in that game, which is down a mile an hour than from his, his season average. And his changeup was down 1.1 miles an hour. I mean, the curveball was down half a mile an hour. Four-seamer was down 0.3, which you can't really chalk anything up with the four-seamer. He only threw four times. But it felt like he was getting away with things just a little bit in this one. And I kind of get wanting to go with Chapman, but going with the pitch that he did, going with his uh, his sinker, not sinker, not his slider, not his, his splitter. That's, that's the word that I'm looking for. He 
throws it so often I can't even think of the name of the freaking pitch. And he absolutely hangs it to Cattell Marte right down middle, middle. I mean, if you're going for this game that you cannot lose, a one-run game, a one-nothing game, coming on in the eighth inning in a save situation, which he hasn't been in a whole lot of those this year. I mean, to the best hitter, why are you throwing that pitch? First pitch. Go with the fastball. Go with the four-seamer, the two-seamer, the slider. I mean, all of those have been fantastic this year, and I know that the splitter has been mostly decent as expected. Woba on it is 186, but, I mean, you look at the other pitches, as expected Woba on his four-seamer is 334. Um, he's, that's gotten hit a little hard. The slider is expected Woba is 250, and the sinker is expected Woba is 0 0.091. I don't know why he doesn't throw the sinker more often, because that's been his best pitch, that's what he gets the swings and misses on, and I, I don't know why that's the third most often pitch that he throws. Maybe it's just because he's only throwing it in two strike counts, and that's why it's more effective, but, like, I just don't get throwing that pitch in that situation, and it's incredibly frustrating when it feels like the one guy you can rely on in your pen is the one who gives up the solo shot, and yeah, he comes back in the 10th inning and, and shuts the, the Diamondbacks lineup down and gives the Rangers a chance, and they put up two runs in the top of the 11th and then the pen still ends up blowing but it's just it just sucks it feels like nobody in this pen is reliable right now i mean the amount of people that i trust in this bullpen at the moment is zero half of one actually you know i'll give chris stratton one that's it there's one person in this pen who i trusted it's chris stratton he's not pitching in high leverage situations but maybe he should be i mean it just feels like Everything has gone wrong for the Rangers. I mean, Bruce Bochy going with that, I, mean, I understand it, and it just, I don't know. It feels like someone needs to be blamed, and maybe it's time to, to blame Bochy. I mean, his decisions are definitely not above reprimand. Yeah, he's won three rings, and yeah, he was so great at, you know, you know, managing a bullpen in those playoff runs, even when he had less than stellar options, but it just feels like he keeps making the wrong moves. Maybe it's just everything is coming up terrible for the Rangers, and yeah, it's a five-game losing streak, and it happens to the best one, but it, it hasn't happened to the Rangers this year. They haven't lost five games in a row. This is the worst time to have your season-long losing streak. Having the four-game losing streak early on in the season with those three stupid games in Cincinnati and that one stupid game against the freaking New York Yankees, then the Rangers came back and, and rattled off a, a winning streak after that and had a fantastic May and a fantastic early June, and things looked hunky-dory. And all of that winning streak started after the longest losing streak, I believe that it was maybe not the next game, but the game after it. Um, where Nathan Eovaldi threw that complete game shutout. Having a complete game shutout by one of your starters, that is a hugely invigorating moment, and giving Jordan Montgomery the opportunity to do it, it felt right, but Bruce Bochy didn't do that, and the Rangers just weren't able to come through, and again, this offense is just feeling so inconsistent, and it, it's just, it feels absolutely hopeless right now. Like, this is the most despair I felt about the Rangers for the entire season. It is grim. It is frustrating. It is small sample size. Don't freak out. But still, I mean, how can you not watch the last five games and not be at least a little freaked out? I, I don't know how you could. This is an incredibly frustrating moment for the Rangers. And now here they go into what could be their sixth straight loss, and they go up against one of the best pitchers in the National League in Zach Gallen. Granted, the Rangers have done a good job of battering starting pitchers, especially the good ones. They've done it to Framber Valdez quite a few times. They um, have done it to some other great starters. But, I mean, 
this is a team in a rough way that needs a kick in the pants, a smack in the face of freaking something, and I don't know what it is. But coming up, we're going to look at what the heck that could be and maybe some reasons for optimism. But first, this word from our sponsors. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. On Thursday's show, I'll be previewing this increasingly important series against the Twins this weekend. The Rangers take on Minnesota. In Minnesota, you can catch this weekend, you can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, this Rangers team is in a rough way, and it felt like there were some questionable decisions by Bruce Bochy, and one of those questionable decisions was intentionally walking Cattell Marte in the bottom of the 11th inning, and maybe even going Going with Will Smith, who has been in a rough way. I mean, the Rangers intentionally walk Lourdes Gurriel Jr. to face Jace Peterson with Araldis Chapman in the 10th inning. Yes, that made sense. There were not a whole lot of other options. Jace Peterson has been absolutely horrendous against left-handed pitching, and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. was, I believe, an all-star this year. If he wasn't, then he was deserving of being one, and he's one of the best hitters on this team. But you know, intentionally walking Cattell Marte, putting the tying run on base, you have it two two-run lead, and the only way Cattell Marte ties that game is if he hits a home run, which is entirely possible, but he's also fast. You put him on the bases for, I believe that Tommy Pham was, if not the batter that they were intentionally walking to face, he was the next one. It was Perdomo was the one who, who came up in that instance and got a pinch hit double, and then Tommy Pham after that with the game-winning two-RBI double. I mean, it just felt inevitable with Will Smith on the mound, and Smith has been the Rangers' only consistent reliever all year. I mean, Chapman has been good since he's gotten here, but there were some really rough rough moments that Will Smith carried this bullpen through. But as of late, it has been really rough to watch for Will Smith. He's got an 11.05 ERA in nine games in the month of August, seven in the third innings pitched, 10 hits, 11 runs, nine of them are earned. So it could be even more runs than he's given up. He's got a couple of unearned runs. Um, both of those were in extra innings, of course, because why not? He just came up short in on the previous Sunday against San Francisco, giving up the walk-off home run to Patrick Bailey. Okay, whatever that happens. Then he came in and got one out on August 15th against the Angels. Then against Milwaukee, came in in a non-save situation, got lit up because, of course, then in this situation, he only gets two outs and cannot finish it off with a two-run lead against the Diamondbacks and get the Rangers off this skid, but he just could not do it. And, you know, Part of me thinks that Will Smith is cooked. Part of me thinks maybe you you stick with him because his expected ERA is still in the top 10% of the league. I mean, his, his actual ERA is over four at this point, but his expected ERA is still below three. I mean, the expected Woba, the actual Woba, all of those numbers are, are still pretty low. And it's just these moments when he's got a 93-mile-an-hour fastball, and if you hang that slider as good as it is, major league hitters are just going to hit it. I mean, there's not a whole lot of other options. I mean, the only other internal options, it feels like the Rangers should have traded for another bullpen arm at the time. And it's easy to say that now, but I was saying it at the time that they should have traded for um, one of the other relievers that was on the market. I mean, there's Keenan Milton or Kendall Graveman of the White Sox. There was a couple other guys that the Rangers could have traded for, and they didn't. It felt like this bullpen was one arm light. It was a great move to get Chris Stratton and Jordan Montgomery. Those guys have been fantastic. Max Scherzer has been really fantastic. Maybe the Rangers could have gotten uh, one of the bullpen arms from from New York with 
with him, but you know, it's easy to nitpick, but there's not a whole lot of other options to come up and bring someone back up. I mean, I mean, Jonathan Hernandez has got an ERA around 1.1 ish in AAA. He's still walking a whole bunch of guys, but he's also striking a whole bunch of guys out. So he's got premium stuff. Maybe you call him back up. Maybe you bring up Chase Lee for his big league debut. He's a righty with a sinker, slider, side armor, sidewinder kind of guy whose nickname is the Viper. I mean, I'm an Alabama fan, so I'm a little partial to that. Maybe you call up Antoine Kelly, a guy who's been in double A. I don't know why he's still in double A. He's got an ERA of around two on the season, strikes out a bunch of guys, left-handed, has premium velocity, and has some pretty good stuff and isn't walking nearly as many batters. Maybe you call him up. I mean, the Rangers just, it feels like they need something. They need something in their pen. They need somebody to go on a heater. Maybe you're throwing out Jose Leclerc. Maybe low leverage Leclerc becomes high leverage Leclerc. That gives me so much anxiety, and I don't know if I would do it. But the Rangers just need somebody. I mean, Spores, the last few outings, has looked not great. I think part of that was overusing him and throwing him on back-to-back days is not great, and throwing him in three out of four days is really not great for him. But the Rangers need to throw him that often because there's not a whole lot of other trustworthy options. And I mean, there's just so many things going wrong for this team and injuries hitting them at the exact wrong time. And I mean, Jonah Heim, since he's gotten back, he has got a slash line of 125, 222, 124. Like it has been incredible. Actually, I think it's 125. I think he just has no extra base hits. Um, I think that's the only way that would be possible is is one is a zero extra base hits. And he's got a batting average of 125 in, I believe, six or seven games since he's come back. And the issue was all about pain tolerance. And he said he has no pain. So why are the results so bad? I mean, they're not super competitive at bats. Jonah Heim had one of the at bats where there was a runner on third base with less than two outs. And he hit a ball to the outfield that was just not nearly deep enough to score the runner. And the runner was a fairly fast runner. Just hit it hard, hit it in the outfield, hit it somewhere. And Jonah Heim had done really, really well in situations like that and in clutch situations. And if you're bringing him back early and you're delaying surgery to get his defense in there, I mean, you already have that with Austin Hedges. And if his bat is going to be like this, I mean, it feels kind of rude to say, but honestly, Austin Hedges might be a better option. There's a reason why Jonah Heim is not hitting fifth or sixth in this lineup when he's come back. I mean, he's hitting seventh and uh, maybe he should be hitting even lower in this lineup because he has been in a rough way offensively. And if you're bringing him back just to be like this, then what's the point? Honestly, go get the surgery and we'll see you next year. It freaking sucks, but that's kind of the way I feel about it right now. The Rangers also sustained two other injuries to two other all-stars in Josh Young and Nathan Iavoli, but they did get some positive updates on him, on both of them, actually, on Monday. Josh Young saw the surgeon who did his surgery, which will have been two weeks ago tomorrow. So, um, yeah, 13 days since that surgery, the original estimation of when he come back is six weeks that looks like that's still the updated timeline he got his cast off he will do some range of motion activities he has a splint on his left thumb now so he is still working on those activities that won't know really anymore for another couple of weeks and see how the thumb is healing how quickly he could come back or what he will look like when he comes back because the Rangers cannot afford for him to come back and also be paltry offensively. They just, they need him to be his Josh Young self. They need that depth in this lineup, that extra bat because every extra bat that gets taken out of this lineup just weakens it that much more. And I mean, Robbie Grossman has had some moments, but trotting him and Jankowski out there every day and not being able to give Ezekiel Duran a day off 
um, when he needs it because it, it's felt like he has kind of needed it, especially with an 0-4 game with a couple of strikeouts. And this one were kind of ugly strikeouts. I mean, the Rangers just need every single piece back that they can get, including part of their rotation and Nathan Eovaldi. And he seems like he could come back without a rehab start. That would limit him, though, to be about somewhere in the 40 to 45-ish pitch range, maybe a little less than 50. But it would probably also mean that when he comes back, it would be a tandem piggyback start with Andrew Heaney, which I think would be the move because getting Heaney out of this rotation feels like a must right now after his last couple starts where he couldn't even make it through four innings. He's had a lot of those starts this year where he hasn't been able to make it through five innings. It has been a problem with him. It was the reason why I liked Martin Perez over Andrew Heaney in this rotation because Martin Perez, even if he's getting lit up, he will still give you some length and not make you use the crap out of your bullpen. And I think that's a valuable thing in a starting pitcher. It's also why I like Jordan Montgomery so much because he's gone at least six innings in every start with the Rangers, and he's been very consistent in those starts. But Nathan Eovaldi has thrown three times in the last five days, including a simulated game to live hitters, a two-inning simulated game on Monday. He faced off against such offensive threats as Austin Hedges and Brad Miller. Seems like the Rangers are being a little bit more conservative with Brad Miller's time coming back, which is fine. I don't even really want to think about what Brad Miller would do to this lineup because, honestly, I mean, the Rangers need somebody to come in and fill a spot, but I, I don't want him taking at-bats away from Garver or Lowe or anybody in left field. I don't want him playing left field. I don't want him playing third. Like, it's just I don't want to think about Brad Miller right now, but I do want to think about Nathan Eovaldi coming back. I think that a rehab start could be good for him, even though the Rangers have elected to not do that um, as much with their starting pitchers. I mean, there's only been, I think it's just Jacob Grom that's the only one who's been really hurt and, you know, for an extended period of time. The Rangers skipped a start from John Gray here and there. They skipped a start from uh, Martin Perez and uh, John Gray. I think I already said that just a second ago, but Jacob DeGrom didn't throw any rehab starts when he was out for a couple weeks. And he was, well, we all saw how that went down. But I'm not thinking that Nathan Uvalde is going to have to have Tommy John surgery if he comes back too early. Really, that would be absolutely brutally devastating for this Rangers team. But I think that maybe that would be good to build up a little bit of strength. He said he felt good facing these live hitters. He didn't feel like he was speeding up his delivery. He feels like he's ready to get hitters out right now, which is great because the Rangers need somebody to get hitters out right now. It feels like as soon as one thing goes right for the Rangers, the other thing goes wrong. And just adding one more great arm to this rotation, especially if Eovaldi can can pitch like the first half Nathan Eovaldi, then that is a huge, huge boost for this team that just needs every single bit of help that it can get right now. Things are going really sideways at the moment. I don't know what it is that's going wrong. I mean, the Rangers, what's to blame for this losing streak? I mean, the Rangers are 0-4 with CJ Nikowski as a play-by-play announcer. Maybe they'll be 0-5. If they are, then I think that he can't do play-by-play ever again this season, which I don't think he will. Dave Raymond, please come back soon. He'll be back on Thursday. So um, so we'll see if maybe that's the, maybe that's the ring. Maybe, maybe the Astros you know, made a deal with the devil for the Rangers to suck. I don't know. Maybe that's, that's the deal. I feel like they made several deals with the devil, including that whole 2017 uh, scandal. Uh, it felt like a, a devil deal 
very much so. Maybe Rob Manfred is exacting revenge. Maybe every umpire in the league hates Jonah Heim for his headset celebration and they're taking it out against the Rangers. I, I, I don't know what it is. It just feels like everything is going sideways for this team, a team that has done very well this season. They're still atop the AOS with a game and a half lead over those stupid, stinking Houston Astros. And even the best teams lose five games in a row sometimes, but losing them at this point, I mean, thank God that this Rangers team did so well in, in the first half of August. Otherwise, it'd be just in a really, really rough way. I mean, one-run games, they're terrible this year. I mean, it, they were 12-2 and two in the first half of this month. Now they're on a five-game losing streak in one-run games the last two years. That is the thing that bothers me the most. It feels the most unsustainable, the most fluky, and the most frustrating. The Rangers were, you know, 15 and 35 in one run games last year. This year they're 9 and 17. They've almost lost twice as many this year as they have won. And it's a good team that is doing really well. And this is the thing that worries me about the playoffs is there are a lot of these one run games, a lot of these close games and the Rangers, you know, being unable to come back late in games or unable to hold leads late in games. This is the thing that scares me about the playoffs. This is a team that has got some veterans who have been there and done that in the playoffs. They've got Bruce Bochy, who feels like he can wave a magic wand and everything goes right for him in the playoffs. But, I mean, you got to get there first. And at this rate, it is entirely possible that the Rangers miss out. I know their playoff odds are still at – I mean, they've dropped below 90% with, with um, baseball reference. They're at 89.9% to make the postseason right now, which – that feels like a really bleak indication. I still think they make the playoffs. I still think they will hopefully go on a deep run, but who boy, it has been a rough week for your Texas Rangers. That's going to do it for today's show. Hopefully tomorrow I'll be back to trash talk Miller Thomas about a bludgeoning of the Diamondbacks to split this series and the Rangers go on a winning streak and Everything feels hunky-dory yet again, but man, it, it felt okay to, to revel in and let out all of this negative emotion because last night's game, I think it was by far the worst loss of the season. But thank y'all anyway so much for listening and subscribing, and until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.